save Did I say that or just take it? And with that, we'll bring you into another episode of the uh, Sports Podcast here. Andy Rickoff and Jeremy Klein with you of AM 1100 The Flag and KVRR. Uh, both doing another podcast for you week like seven or eight. I'm starting to lose track, Jeremy. We've been that, doing this That's so a long. good thing. It's a good thing. We, good we're thing. starting to lose track. And we are available now not only on the website, but also uh, you can find us on Stitcher. I found it yesterday. Uh, we're almost on uh, Pocket Cast, which I guess is a big one for, uh, okay. for podcasts. That'll probably be here in the next couple of days. And uh, we're on uh, Brecker or Breaker. It's B R E A K E R. Should probably learn so, how to pronounce so that. Sounds like Breaker, like yeah, a something like break. that. Okay. And then also on Anchor. So if you look on any of those podcast sites, if okay. that's what uh, anyone out there listening, if that's what that's your your app for podcasts. That's what you prefer. We are on there. We are awesome. We are there. We will be on like iTunes it. as well. We're working our way up towards that as well. We're getting we're getting uh, real. We're getting real. We're getting big time. It's yeah. almost too big. We might have to get a new st- station or a new <laughs> new building. It's starting to get too big in here. Uh, yeah, but back here another sports podcast for you. First things first. Uh, we've been doing this last couple of weeks. We've been teasing it. What is the the name of your car, Jeremy? We have to get to the bottom of this. I, I think we've eliminated Lightning McQueen, right? Okay. Uh, and for those who don't know, who haven't, for some reason, for some reason, haven't paid attention over the last couple of weeks of the podcast, you got a new, what, Chevy, a red Chevy Cruze? Yep, yep, a new red Chevy Cruze. And Lightning, somebody pitched Lightning McQueen. I just think, I feel like that's too many syllables to say. It's just you're too stealing long. stealing it. Yeah, yeah, it's just stealing, which means I think we probably have to eliminate the red carpet. The red carpet is a bar from uh, my college town of St. Cloud. Yep, so that would kind of feel uh, pretty decent. I I think we got to go with Carmen. It's just nice. It's a one-syllable word, and it we don't know any Carmen, so it's not going to get us uh, caught up with anything else. You got the alliteration with Carmen Cruz or something like that. The, the, the Chevy Carmen Cruise or whatever. Or the Carmen, Carmen the Chevy Cruise. I think that's what we got to go with. Carmen. Carmen. Okay. I feel really proud of myself. Yeah. I was the one that came up with that. Yeah. Awesome. Carmen. So Carmen is the name. Because, the because red, red Lightning's also a little too long. Although that was a close second. That's a, that is a close second. Red Lightning's a good one too. Yeah. But Carmen, I know Carlos was in there as well. Yeah. I just like the alliteration of yeah. CC, but also it's a car and it's right. Carmen. Right. I, I, I like I it. I thought it was clever and I'm very happy that I one. I like it. You, that's you what picked that, that one. Uh, so that is out of the way. We have that done yep. with. I still have one container of chunky applesauce yep. as well. So yep. we talked about that the other night. I, yeah. did, I cracked that one open yesterday. So Jeez. we're on to the, the final cart. And I'm going to go back and make a trip back home to go get some more chunky applesauce. If you haven't tried it already, the uh, the Muscleman's brand of chunky applesauce <laughs> is really the way to go with all applesauce. It looks like we got a free advertiser for that. Jesus. There you go. Come on, Muscleman's. <laughs> bring, it, bring it here. I'll talk about your product for you. <sighs> Uh, so uh, this week on the podcast, a couple of things. We're going to take this one. It's getting so big. The podcast is really getting so big. We're going to take it national. We're gonna, we've are gonna we been right. focusing local, but we're going to take this thing national because we got people wanting to know about national sports topics. So we're going to go that direction here on this one a little bit for you since we are kind of in that weird sports abyss where there's not as much stuff going on. First off, the NBA Finals are done. What were your thoughts now post-NBA Finals with the Warriors winning back-to-back? I mean, it's kind of it was what it was. It's what everybody anticipated that the Warriors would a win the finals and b win it heftily, whether it be the sweep or a four to one series. It just kind of gets the a shoulder shrug, like okay, duh, like this happened, like let's move on. Like it sucks when you're playing or the sport, the sports season plays out, and you know either a who's going to be in the finals or the championship round or b 
who's going to win it. I mean, it comes to that fact with football too now where you kind of expect Tom Brady and the Patriots to be in the championship. You don't know if they're necessarily going to win it, but with this, we know the Warriors yeah. were going to it's win much, it. much more favorite that the Warriors are going to yeah. win it or be in the NBA Finals than the Patriots are. Obviously, yeah. we know the Patriots get there all the time for the, right. for football, but they're always, you know, they've got some challengers at least in the AFC yeah. championship game or something like that. Yeah, there just aren't challengers. And I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure this is how people felt back in the 90s when Michael Jordan and the Bulls ran, trained through there, and made it to the finals and won three straight years. I'm sure this has got to be the same feeling where now it's like, man, it feels like the Warriors are just dominating and nobody else can knock them off. I'm sure this is exactly how people felt back then, too. Yeah. And I wasn't, a, I mean, I wasn't around a, a big time sports viewer in those days. Obviously, right. I was born right. in 1993, but right. same. I, I feel like the, the Bulls had more challengers. It was closer series. They weren't blowing people out by yeah. 20, 25 points every game. There were some of those games, and they yeah. did win some series pretty handily, but a lot of them went six or Right. Or something like that. Six or seven. I know Michael didn't let a lot of series get to seven games, right. uh, especially the NBA Finals. And he won. He was six, six for six in NBA Finals and everything like that. But it was but, I mean, he was closer. There was more competition there. Right now yeah. for the Warriors, I feel like we're going to look. We're, everyone's going to try and pigeonhole this Warriors team. Are they the best team ever assembled in NBA history? And for my money, I think they are. But They're right up there. The one thing you're never going to know is they never had that challenger. I want them to have the challenger so we know down the line we can say, hey, yeah, they're as good because they beat this team and this yeah. team and this team. Yeah. Right now it's like, okay. They're only beating LeBron. They beat a Pelicans team that had Anthony Davis on it. And then yeah. they beat a LeBron team that had LeBron, but the second best player was Kevin Love and J.R. Smith. Yeah. Doesn't even know how much time or how, what the score is at the end of a game. Right. You know? right. I want them. I, that's kind of why, and we'll touch on this too later on in the podcast, but LeBron's destination. If LeBron goes to a Houston and Golden State continues the next couple of years to beat that team with LeBron, Chris then it, Paul, then it becomes Harden. even more legit. I think. Yeah. Then it becomes okay. Yeah. I mean, this is this is how good this team is because they shut out that other super team. Yeah. Or if Kyrie would have stayed with Cleveland and it would have been Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin Love versus if it would have been those three superstars versus the four superstars and Warriors, I think it would have became more legit. But I think Kyrie getting traded off of Cleveland and making Cleveland worse, but still the best team in the East, I think that kind of hurts the Warriors' credibility of, you know what, they're knocking off great teams because when you look at, when I think of MJ and who they beat, first team that comes to my mind is the Utah Jazz with John Stockton, Carl Malone, and uh, Jeff Hornacek. Those are two Hall of Famers, two you, you probably top five best point guard yes. of all time, top five best post of all time. I mean, and they Hornacek took it, took, it, took them out there. Yeah, Hornacek, great three-point shooter. So it's like, okay, those were three all-stars or three superstars at that time. I don't know. It's just he stopped like the Patrick Ewing led Knicks for yep. many a year. Charles yep. Barkley he denied many I mean, times. So the only thing he couldn't get past was Shaq and Penny with the mm-hmm. with the magic apparently. But uh, Lord of Love that team be, yeah. become something. Uh, but yeah, I just want the Warriors to have that legit challenger and, and, and to see just how great they are because we know they're going to beat a bunch of teams because of how yeah. stacked they are. Uh, so yeah, they they won again, and then we're not going to spend a ton of time on that because, like you said earlier, Jeremy, this is what we expected. We thought yeah. they were going to win this yeah. in four or five. They won it in four. Should have been five. Thank you, J.R. Smith. Uh, but how about LeBron? Just quick thoughts on this too. LeBron comes out afterwards. He broke his hand in game one and smashing it on a whiteboard. I would too. I would too. I don't blame him for it. I would too. He cost you that. Se- J.R. cost you that series because and I know we kind of talked. Cost a series. Well, well, okay. But we kind of touched on this uh, just when we hung out earlier this week. Is okay if this goes back one, this goes one one back to Cleveland. Not saying anything can happen because realistically we would think it'd be done in five. But come on, anything can happen. LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Those fans maybe get into it. Maybe somebody, maybe Kevin Love or 
Uh, Jeff Green pops up into a big role, and they maybe go up 2-1 or it goes 2-2 back to Golden State. You never know. You really don't. But you can expect that it would have still been done in five, but it changes the dynamic of the series. If it was tied going back to Cleveland, rather going back to Cleveland 2-0, and like, because we all expected when we said it done in five, we said we thought Cleveland would win a game in Cleveland, correct? Yeah. But now that changes the the dynamic where if they would have stole one in Golden State, if, they, if, if it was 2-2 going back to Golden State, I would have given Cleveland a really fair shot. But I don't think JR messing up game one costs in the series. No, I just, I just don't no, think they're going to win this no. series. I just, it would have delayed the inevitable in my yeah, mind. But it would have made things a lot more been, interesting going back to Cleveland tied at once. It would have been 1-1 going back to Cleveland with LeBron with a healthy hand. Because yeah. it definitely affected it. Those it, last it, three games was like, some, like, LeBron's playing great. He's putting up great numbers. But yeah. like, he just not looked the same. He, it just He's not dropping 40. Yeah. He's dropping 23, 25. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. And obviously it came out afterwards. But it was just something like, okay, he, there's something off with LeBron yeah. here. He's not finishing shots at the rim as, yeah. as well as he was in game one. Yeah. And if he was all healthy, don't I'm not going to sit here and make the argument if LeBron's healthy, they win that series. No, 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 no. But yeah. if LeBron's healthy, LeBron's dropping 40 and 15 maybe 50 every night. Every yeah, yeah. Maybe 50 another time. And has having maybe one of the, the most special finals of all time, maybe. You never know. We, we, we don't know. know. Yeah. All that we know is that Kevin Durant has back-to-back finals MVPs, and the Warriors have won three out of four NBA finals and really a kick to the groin away from winning four, four straight, straight finals. And, if they and would have been the dynasty, I mm-hmm. think, in NBA history, probably. Now it's up to the rest of the NBA to find some way to, to knock them off and to catch up with what they have and be able to dethrone the Warriors. That's going to start actually next week. The yep. NBA draft coming up here about like eight days away as we record this one here on the 13th. It's kind of crazy how fast that gets up on you. Yeah, like eight days away. It's going to be taking place. And we've got uh, kind of our thoughts on the top 10. We'll give that to you here as well. Uh, the NBA draft comes up, a bunch of players. I know there's going to be some Duke players in that one that, yep. that you're looking at. But uh, the top pick, the Phoenix Suns got the top pick because they were the worst team and they won the NBA lottery, mm-hmm. followed by the, the Kings. And you can go down the list. The Hawks are three. We'll, we'll go down the top ten here. But uh, who are your your thoughts, your consensus early on here with the NBA draft? Well, this is kind of interesting for me where I feel like this is one of the NBA drafts that I feel like I have the most knowledge going in where I can sit there and just be like, yeah, I watched a lot of college basketball. This past year, granted, I watch a lot more college basketball than I do NBA. I can definitely say that. And I feel really good about knowing these guys and knowing going into this NBA draft saying, this is a deep top 10, deep top 15. Maybe after that, it all drops off and tails off, which it usually does. But I don't think that this is a two-man draft like we've seen in the past. This isn't a three-man draft that we've seen in the past. I think anybody one through 10 is getting a guy that has the opportunity to be very talented and admit that you can, I don't know if I necessarily say, want to say build your franchise around, but I think that this is a guy who's going to come in and be a starter or can be a threat in the NBA. I think that this is a very deep draft, 1 through 10. I think that there's going to be a lot of teams that should be very happy after draft night with who they got. And with that said, let's, let's just dive into things here. I agree with you. A pretty deep draft overall. You got a lot of players from that uh, Villanova team that are going mid to late first round as it stands right now. So yeah. I think a very deep draft uh, this year with some young talent and some, some guys that may be a little bit more unknown, but some very, very good talent out there. So we'll start things off. The, the first pick right now is the, as it will be on draft day, unless there's just some huge trade that isn't going to happen. Right. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have the uh, first overall pick. Obviously, we know they've got plenty of talent there. Uh, Devin Booker's a great player. They got some other young talent there, but they need someone to change that franchise around. 
I've been high on DeAndre Ayton. I know we talked about it a lot when we started this podcast. I was high on DeAndre Ayton and the Arizona Wildcats in the NCAA tournament. Look at how that blew up in my face. But I still think DeAndre Ayton is, is the best player in this draft. He's got amazing size. He's got a tremendous upside. He's a really great post who plays back to the basket. It reminds me, watching his game and looking at his body shape and structure, Reminds me a lot of a very talented DeAndre Jordan. I think we can both kind of see that. But he can and, actually shoot the ball on a Jordan kid. Right, right. So I very, I really see that for the Suns to be able to build around Devin Booker, I think this is the guy that you build around Devin Booker. You get that, there's your star guard, here's your star post, run, run with that. that Josh Jackson from last year. Yeah, he's yeah. got. he's very raw yet. He's yep. a young young kid who's got a lot he's of kind potential of a there. wing guy, though. Yeah, uh, a lot of, he's got a body structure, a lot like Andrew Wiggins. Needs to put on weight and muscle. A lot. He can't shoot either. Can get to reminds the rim. Me reminds me a lot of Andrew Wiggins. I was going to say, just just body type. I'm not talking about game or anything here. Yeah. So people don't go crazy. But just physique-wise, reminds me a little bit of Kevin Durant coming out of, out of college. Yep, and super that, skinny, right. super lanky arms that go down like past his knees. Right, right. Yeah, that's a very, very, uh, very good uh, analogy. But yeah, I think, I think number one, DeAndre Ayton. I think he's got the most upside and has the best ability to... Probably win rookie of the year coming out of there, but I also think that it could be a number, guys. Yeah, I mean, he's a good shooter, fifty six or 61% from the field last year. And that's because shot, they all come in the paint. Yeah, like 35% though from three. Like he's got not wow. a great three-point Wow, I didn't like know a, that he took that many threes. He's got an okay three-point three shot. Like he's which, not, which someone's going to take a ton of them a game, but he'll hit one down if people back off of him. Well, yeah, and, mo- and most in the NBA now, and the way that basketball is structured now, big guys have to be able to be able to stretch the floor and be able to shoot outside shots, which great for him. I didn't know that he could get that far out. Yeah, made some threes, shot seventy five percent from the free throw line last year for huge. Arizona as well, which is huge. huge. You can't do the hack of DeAndre or yeah. hack of Aiton, whatever they they call it. Uh, so yeah, I think he's got kind of the whole arsenal. Obviously. You know, averaging over a block per game as well, almost two blocks yeah, per game. He's a monster. They don't have anyone at Phoenix that worries you when you go inside. They used to have Tyson Chandler. I don't know if they still do, but even if they do, he's well past his prime at this right, point. Right. No one that really worries you inside as a defensive presence. He needed that rim protector. He would definitely be a rim protector. I think that's our consensus number one. I think that's most people's consensus number one. There's some other yeah. challenges to that, and we'll get to them as we go down. But I think we both have DeAndre Ayton from Arizona going to the Phoenix Suns. Number two, Marvin Bagley, one of those guys that could challenge for that one slots in here, at least on CBS's, at number two to the Kings. Yeah, so this is where I'm going to have two perspectives on this. Uh, I think Luka Doncic, or Doncic, whatever, how Doncic, is the second best player in this draft. But because the Kings are at number two, the Kings have their point guard in De'Aaron Fox. I don't see a point in in drafting Doncic right here because that sent a mixed message of, well, then who's going to be your point guard? And I don't know if you want to send Fox to the the second unit and Doncic leading. Decent rookie year. I think he did. He's a very explosive player and can get to the rack as well. I don't see the point in going Doncic at two then if you're the Kings because... Let's build this. Let's build around this team and get more guys that get a better guy at different positions. Which is why I would lean towards Marvin Bagley. He's got a great structure as well, uh, a great stretch four. I don't think he's big enough to play the five. He can get it. He can get to the rack. Can handle the ball really well. He can also step out get the, get the three pointer going. I think that'd be a pretty nice combo to be able to use. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, did they still have Buddy Heald or did Buddy Heald go to... They still have Heald. They, so they got Heald to be able to shoot around. I think Marvin Bagley would be a nice addition for them because it gives them a lot of versatility. He can really get get all around the floor. He's not just a guy who can play in the post. So He's going to have to put on some weight. But yeah, one thing yeah. about him too, in this age of the NBA where you got to be able to play like 
if you're a forward, you got to be able to play like the three, four, and five. You got to play that small lineup at yeah. some point. He's 6'11. I didn't know he was quite that tall. But yeah. I measured in at 6'11, 234. Yep. Obviously, you might have to put on a little bit of weight, just muscle wise, being just a freshman coming out of college. I mean, but, he, can, he can move. He yeah. can do a oh, lot yeah. of different things on the floor. I'm, try, I'm trying to. his own shot, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a lot of forwards that I would try to compare him to. The only one I could think of body wise was, was Kevin Garnett, if you're looking from a history standpoint. But KG couldn't really stretch out the floor besides just that baseline jumper, the elbow jumper. I mean, and KG, I don't know if he could. I'm trying to think of KG's game, he could really just like take the ball at the three point line, go one on one, and just take a guy right to the rack. This, that's what Marvin Bagley can do. He's got mm-hmm. great handles as well. Very good handles and for good a post four. up player still. Yeah, still good enough post up player, and he he can hit threes to about forty percent, thirty nine something percent. Yeah, I know that was something he was really working on his game. That the net, the one bad thing on Bagley is what I believe you're looking at the next stat is he can't shoot free throws. Yep, the free throws at sixty two percent. Yeah, is... nobody on Duke's team could shoot free throws except for Gary Trent Jr. So mm-hmm. that's going to be the problem with uh, Marvin Bagley coming in is he can't shoot free throws. I think early on people are. They're going to try and stop him from getting to the lane, stop him yeah. from driving to the basket, yep. and say, hey, can you can you hit the mid-range shot? Can you yeah. hit the three-pointers? Can you make smart decisions with the ball? Yeah. I think that's where he's going to have to develop a little bit, but still a very good pick. I think the talent level is just too much really to pass up at, at number two right there. And like yeah. you said, Donkic, I'm fine with them taking him, but also, like you said, you have they have that point guard there. Right. And Donkic, we'll get to him, I think, here, one of these next couple of picks. Uh Reminds me a little bit about Ben Simmons, just not a great shooter, at least at this point, yeah. more of a facilitator. And it's kind of tough to have him on that court needing to have the ball to facilitate things and not be right. able to be a shooter if you've already got your point guard of the future on the roster. Right. How about uh, at the three spot? Right now we go down the Atlanta Hawks, hold uh, pick number three. I mean, that's probably where I'd go Donkic. I think that'd be a steal for the Hawks to get him. Because They're trying to move on from uh, Dennis Schroeder. Who Schro- wants to be Schroeder, traded. Schrader, I have no clue how to say, but I can't think of anybody who's on the Atlanta Hawks. Is Kent Bazemore there anymore? I believe so. I mean, Schroeder so is the, technically so the, still there. So they maybe got him. I And I loved that uh, the player comparison to Ben Simmons for Donkic because at first I was trying to think he's a big he's a big point guard. Mm-hmm. He's 6'8". A, yeah, big point guard. He has great handles. He has handles like, I, I don't want to go all historic because of and saying like a Steve Nash, but that's what he, he can kind of throw the ball around like Steve Nash and he's got the European offensive stature of a, Dirk Nowitzki of uh, Kristaps Porzingis where you know he can put up all those kind of those off-balance shots those different kind of shots that you see a lot more European style of basketball I think Donkic is a really good player going into this draft and I really like the comparison to Ben Simmons because yeah maybe he can't shoot the mid- the outside range but very special special basketball player when you're looking at it from that standpoint he's still very young in his teens they say uh, he's kind of paved the way for People who have paved the way for him, a little bit like a Goran Dragic, Kristaps Porzingis, mm-hmm. uh, just because that's the, the guys who have come before him from the Slovenian background, from the European background. Dirk Nowitzki, obviously, a name that's always going to come up when you're drafting somebody from Europe as well. But uh, he's a very special player. It reminds me, like I said, of, of Ben Simmons and the fact that he's a great passer, a big kind of physical point guard that can run that point, can get to the rim but not maybe a great shooter at this point. He does not hit threes very well. I don't know about his free throws, but he's not much of a guy who can take shots. He's not going to be someone that's going to post up in the corner and and take three-pointers for you. He's going to have to be a facilitator of the basketball and kind of have things run through him. So it reminds me about Ben Simmons that way. And also, this might come with negative connotation to some people, but but a little bit about Ricky Rubio, a guy who coming in is like great vision. He knows the court. He knows the game. He's very cerebral, but maybe the offensive side, he's just – got to develop a little bit more. And I yeah. think Rubio's turned into a pretty good player. He was a huge piece on that Utah Jazz team this past year. We saw what yeah. happened when he was out in that Houston series. Yeah, They kind of got ran through. They needed somebody on that point guard, and I thought Rubio was a really good player. So I think Donkic has kind of that, that 
some European game. He's got some mm-hmm. serious upside. He can score if he can get to the rim, and that, that frame of being a 6'8 point guard is very, very helpful to him right. in, uh, in that aspect. For pick number four, I think you go down the, the list. I'm trying to bring it up Me- here again. Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies. I, I believe. Okay, Memphis Grizzlies at four. So with the Grizzlies at four, uh, they still have Mike Conley, who is still a very solid point guard. He's on that cusp of being an all-star. The only problem is there's so many good point guards in the West, and he's not really probably going to be an all-star, but he puts up those kind of numbers. Great leadership on that team. So with that being said, at the, as the Grizzlies, I'm going to eliminate Trey Young and Colin Sexton because they don't need a point guard because you got uh, – uh, Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. I think we can fairly Who's say that. He's on a long contract unless he gets traded somewhere, which I right. I could see Paul Gasol and Mike Conley getting traded, and the Grizzlies just saying, okay, we're, you made Mark re- Gasol? Yeah. Mark, okay, Mark Gasol, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe. So that kind of brings up the point of this is where I think it gets pretty clouded and anything can happen from about four through 10 because uh, you got your Michael uh, Michael Porter Jr. who Trey Young, who got hurt during the college season but has so much upside and has got a high ceiling. You got both Bridges. You got Jaron Jackson, you got Mo Bamba. So I mean, I could see it kind of going anywhere. Uh, I guess I would lead towards. I think they would maybe go for the risk of going for Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. of that high upside and all that risk factor. I think because he was the most talented player going into college basketball last year. He was the number one rated recruit going into last season. I think if you give him that chance of a whole season, letting him get healthy and all that stuff, I think he could be a big talent. So maybe going Michael Porter Jr. at four. I could see that. I That's who I think they should take. I think they should take Michael Porter because that, that offensive game is definitely there. He's got enough. He's still got to obviously put on weight because anyone is a freshman has got to put on some, some muscle and size. But he's not one of those guys like a Marvin Bagley who's just like so lanky. You're like, do you have anything on your arms? He's got yeah. a little size. He's got yeah. a little muscle already, yeah. Yeah. which is nice. Uh, the guy I think is going to end up going here is going to be Trey Young. I think somehow he's going to sneak up Trae there. Young? Okay. I think Trey Young is going to go up there because all the talk, and I'm not saying he's going to be Steph Curry, but they're kind of similar college players, big-time three-point yep. shooters, yep. high-velocity, kind of carry their team type of thing. The difference. And Steph, Steph fell, 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 and yeah. now obviously everyone's like, why didn't we draft Steph? Well, Trey yeah. Young's got that. I feel like there's going to be a lot of hype around Trey Young. Trey Young turns the ball over a lot, and mm-hmm. going off of that, going off of that though, Trey Young to the Grizzlies, That'd be a great mentor for him to have Mike Conley, somebody who is a veteran and has a good basketball IQ and is a great player for this game. He doesn't talk that much. I think Mike Conley is a guy who goes about his, his job the right way. In the league. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I could see Trey Young going there. And that's also a thing is how many times have we seen teams draft a guy where, you know what, they already had that position filled, i.e. the Minnesota Timberwolves the years they passed on Drafted Seth Curry. five point guards in one yeah, draft. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I could absolutely, I could uh, absolutely see Trey Young going there, and I mean, who knows? Maybe there's trades also that kind of go awry during this first round. How about number five, the uh, Dallas Mavericks been tanking all year. Their owner Mark Cuban My was goodness. very open about it, said we're tanking, 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 and now they're uh, at pick number five. Still got Dirk Nowitzki, whatever age he is now, really old. Yeah. Uh, they did have was Dennis Smith Jr. was a yep. great pick for him last yep. year. I loved him coming out of the draft. They got him. Now here at number five, they, they definitely have some options. Yeah, you got Harrison Barnes as well, who's on that uh, solid contract. This is where I think you go bigs uh, if you're them. I think because Dirk isn't getting any younger. I really like the the uh, the play of Dennis Smith Jr. I think he got overshadowed a lot by Donovan Mitchell. Uh, a lot of people thought going into the season had Dennis Smith Jr. at preseason. Uh, rookie Possible. of the rookie of the year, but I th- I think he's got a lot of room to grow. It's hard to grow when your team is terrible and also did try to tank. So who knew about his growth from that standpoint? I think you go bigs there. I can either see you going a big Mo Bamba or uh, 
pick your poison with a Bridges, whichever one you feel is better. But I think they definitely got to go bigs here. I could see Mobamba. I think that'd be a great pick for them to get some some size, a, yeah. a, a rim protector for yeah. sure. Obviously, best rim protector in this draft, bar none. I know yeah. DeAndre Ayton is great, but Mobamba is the best shot blocker in this draft. Yeah, no question about it. Mobamba's got to put on some size. So, I oh think, yeah, do where DeAndre, oh, yeah. This, more this, than anybody. This is where DeAndre Ayton's big, but he is strong and he's got size. Mobamba's big, tall. He's tall, but lanky. Needs to put on needs to put on weight. Needs to put on muscle. That's the problem, especially if he's going to play in, in the post in the NBA. Yeah, um, I I, could, I think Mobama would be a great pick here if Michael Porter is still on the board. You go him. I think I, I think I'd go him. I know Harrison Barnes is a good player. I don't think he's anything upper echelon elite. No, nah, I think just... he's a very solid player for you. I think you need another wing, especially in this age of the NBA where it's run and gun up and down the floor, yeah. offensive ISO, 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 and everyone's wanting shooting threes. I, mean, I think Michael Porter would be a, a great pick here alongside Dennis Smith Jr. You got that yeah. backcourt figured out. Yeah. You can figure out the rest of it later. You can find somebody to play that four or five for you. I think offense is more important than defense, especially early on in this draft. So I I think Michael Porter is a fantastic player. If he's there, which I think he will be, right. then I, I think they'll take him. The nice thing that would be for Michael Porter going to Dallas is the same thing kind of with Trey Young with Mike Conley is that you know how much Michael Porter Jr. could learn from Dirk Nowitzki's game where they kind of oh, almost God. would emulate that is where Dirk can stretch the floor. Michael Porter Jr. is getting to that point of being able to stretch the full the floor and get his range of shooting a lot wider. I think I think being near being around Dirk would really be beneficial for Michael Porter Jr. So we're going Trey Young four, Michael Porter Jr. five is what we're kind of feeling. That's what I that's what I think will happen. I think yeah. I thought Memphis should take Michael Porter, yeah. but I think they're gonna end up taking yeah. Trey Young and yeah. just the hype machine and everything. I think Trey Young's going to be a bust. That's just my oh, yeah. personal thought. He on turns it. The ball, unless he figures out turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's an absolute bust if you if you really it's, think about it. And he's a great three point shooter, but being a one trick pony in the NBA, it just, it just doesn't work. You got to right. have more than just he's going to have to develop shooter. his game a lot. Yeah. Uh, how about number six, the Orlando Magic? Who the Magic have besides Aaron, uh, Gordon. Aaron Gordon? And uh, I don't know if they have Alfred Payton anymore. They get rid of him. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you. He's yep. still got just the floppy hair all yeah, over. Basically. I think this is where Colin Sexton could go. Yeah, I, I could see a point guard going see that. here and giving them a little bit extra from from that. Give them aspect. a give them a floor general. That's what Colin Sexton kind of brings. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who can really take control of an offense. Gets his gets he his points. He he went three on five and almost beat the Golfers. Yeah, that's true. He went three on five. <laughs> I think he's impressed in a lot of his workouts so far as well. Also, a name a lot of people have going in this area: Jaron Jackson, the uh, Michigan State player. 6'11", 236, uh, kind of a 3, 4, 5 guy, can play mm-hmm. multiple positions, good defensively, uh, shoots the three-pointer about 39.6%, 80% free throw shooter, averaged a little over 10 points per game, which isn't a ton, yeah. uh, but they were more defensive-oriented at Michigan State, and the offense really ran through my boy, Miles right, Bridges, that, that's who I think I was going a little bit later, and I think he's better than Jaron Jackson, but they yeah. have Jaron Jackson in every mock draft going ahead of Bridges, which I don't really get. But Yeah, that's what I was just going to bring up, is that you you didn't even think Jaron Jackson was the best player on his team. It's just a name a lot of people, yeah. he, experts, yeah. have going. He, I thought he went very under the radar at Michigan State, and he got overshadowed a lot mm-hmm. by Miles Bridges. That was the thing. But Jackson was great. He can defend a yeah. lot of positions. Yeah. Very good defensively. I think he adds that, and he's a good three-point shooter. It's definitely something a lot of teams will be interested in. For sure. Right, right. But I, I like I like Sexton there. I mean, give the they they need a guard, need somebody to. I think that's a great thing to kind of build your franchise around is somebody to bring the ball up the floor. And he played in Alabama, huge. which obviously isn't Florida, but it's close. It's kind of that somewhat localish player. I think that'd yeah, be a nice fit there uh, in Orlando. 
Number seven, the Chicago Bulls. Some people on CBS and other places I've been looking, ESPN as well. Mo Bamba going here at seven if he drops, which I think would be a great pick. Michael yeah. Porter has been there on a couple of people's drafts as well. I think this is where I think the Bulls definitely have to be looking at a big because uh, basically after that Wolves trade, I think they found their backcourt from the Minnesota Timberwolves. They get yeah, they Zach land. Zach Levine, Chris Dunn. Yeah, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn. Uh, you have a Denzel Valentine too, who's kind of that three, two, three, four. He can also bring the ball up. Uh, they really liked what they got out of Laurie Markkinen. I think he's kind of that stretch four. Uh, yeah, I think you would really go bigs here, especially with Sexton and Trey Young. Hypothetically, if we're looking at it going our way or the way that we got it set up here with both of them off the board, I think you absolutely look at a post and yeah, I'd go I'd probably go with that with that pier five and Mo Bamba, especially because Laurie Markinen is already your stretch four who can who can stretch the floor out. So why go another route in that way? I think Mo Bamba at as a as a solid five here would be probably the right direction for them. I'm totally fine with Mo Bamba here because defensively I think he Gives you what I think they have that the offensive side not figured out, but they're they're getting better there. Chris yeah. Dunn, Chris Dunn is a good defender at the point guard position, uh, but they need someone interior wise to defend that that rim. I think Bamba is like we said the best guy there. If I don't go Mo Bamba though, the other guy I'm definitely this is where I think the debate has to come down to. If I'm going either Mo Bamba or I'm going Michael Bridges from Villanova because he's also a guy yep. shut down defender and he can guard multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Bamba's just a guy that's going to sit there. At in, the five, the yeah, yeah, he's not coming out to guard somebody. Yeah. He's not got that that ability. Bridges can guard, I think one through five or one through four or something like that, and he can shoot the three. He is, I mean, he was everything we advertised him to be for right. Villanova this year. Right, right. And I think that would also be a fantastic pick. But for the sake of this one, I'd say Mo Bamba falls here. Chicago's like, well, we could put him next to Laurie Markin in. Got Laurie Markin right. can stretch the floor a little yeah. bit. Stand outside where you put Bamba inside. Mm-hmm. Let Bamba's game develop a little bit. Don't put a lot of pressure on him offensively. Yeah. I think that's the, for him that he has to go somewhere where a team is not relying on him to be offensive because he's yeah. got some ability, but he's got no strength inside. He, and he can't be the lone guy no. where they're looking for him to drop twenty five a night. And I think that would be a nice fit for him because you have other guys scoring. You, the, the Bulls would be a team where you're going to see a different top scorer every single night. Where one night Zach Levine could go off, one night Laurie Markkinen could be hitting threes, one night Mo Bamba goes inside and just dominates. I think that'd be a nice offensive threat for the Bulls to be able to. You know what? It's not a one big scoring guy. It's a scoring by committee mm-hmm. kind of deal. But Bamba's not hitting threes. He's not hitting no. a lot of free throws. Shot no. less than seventy percent from the free throw line. Thirty percent, less than thirty percent from the three point line. So he's not. He's a post up guy. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's a back to your guy. back to the basket, all that kind which of stuff. Which I think limits him a little bit, which is why in a lot of these mock drafts he, he is, is he's starting to fall a little bit because the NBA, let's face it, the, the big post guy is gone. Doesn't exist right it's now. Gone. Not right now. It might come back sometime in the future, but yeah. it's not there right now. It's three ball time right now in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, pick number eight. I think maybe the most interesting pick of the entire draft. Will it be? The team that has it, will it be traded? What will happen with right. it? the Cleveland Cavaliers? Do they keep this pick? Do they trade it for a piece to try and lure LeBron to stay here? Or right. what, stay there? What do they do with that pick is, is huge. And do they draft someone saying, hey, LeBron's gone. We've got a plan for the future. That And that's there's a, different, a lot of different angles to look at it. Um, if LeBron stays, he's going to have a heck of a lot of say in what that pick is. If LeBron stays, are they able to lure any other uh, free agents in there to help out? No, they don't have the cap space to do it. And... So that's all sorts of. If it's if LeBron, if they go with a sign and trade with LeBron, what kind of happens with that? Are they getting? I, I, mean, I don't even know. They could do here is maybe trade this pick to a team and say, "Hey, we'll give you this pick, but you're also you, going to take 
somebody to J.R. Smith's contract yeah. or Tristan Thompson's contract, yeah. something. You yeah, get and get try to get try to get relief. somebody something. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that, there's a ton of different options or ways that it goes with this. You know, well, it would be kind of interesting if this if uh, and we can get more into this. Of I'm looking at pick ten is if LeBron gets go sign and trade if the if the Cavs would get pick ten here from the 76ers and get eight and ten. That'd be a nice way to build something new after you would lose LeBron. But for the sake of it being with the order looking like this. Let's say the Cavs keep this pick. The Cavs keep this pick. They need some. They need, and let's say LeBron leaves. So you probably need a stretch four, yeah. or you definitely need a five because your post guy was Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. I mean Larry Nance. I think you need a big post guy, and it's. I'm looking at either Bridges, Bridges, or Jackson. I think we can. Yes, I think it's okay I think to it's be, looking be one at that. of those three, and I'm I'm the, going with Michael Bridges in this one. That's the one from Villanova, right? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. That's who I think is out of those three is the best player out of those three. I'm going with with Bridges. I just think he's the most polished, ready player right now. Him and I think I love Miles Bridges. I've said that yeah for a long time. Even yeah. back when we were talking NCAA March Madness, mm-hmm. that I I thought he was the most NBA ready player maybe in the country. I knew him and Michael Bridges were both right there. I yeah. just think that the defensive side for Michael Bridges being able to guard so many positions, so versatile. He can shoot the three ball uh, fairly well already at this point and. I think he's just a complete player. Yeah. And he's just so smart about the game, too. Well, well, I love seeing those guys that have stayed in college for a long time. Yeah. They just know what they're doing. I'd say it's got to be Michael Bridges or Miles Bridges. Well, and look at how the two performed when the bright lights turned on in the NCAA tournament. I didn't think Miles Bridges was anything fantastic when they got bumped, bumped out by. They lost to Syracuse, right, early on, yep. I want to say. Second and, round. And he didn't exactly shine in that game. He got, he got kind of stuck against the Qs early on, and... Look what uh, Michael Bridges was able to do. I think he was fantastic in every single game that Villanova played to get their way to the national title game and win it. I think Michael Bridges is a bit of a better option than and he's just Jaron Jackson a, he's or Miles. He's improved his game every year he's been at Villanova. Yeah. First year he shot under 30% from three. That was where he had to improve. Next year, 39%. Mm-hmm. Last year, his final year there, junior year, 43% from the three-point three, three line. And his free throw percentage went up from 78 his first year to 85 last year. Played extremely well defensively. The free throw, the field goal percentage is over 50%. He's yeah. just, he's a polished player. He can get his own shot and get to the rim. He can be a guy that's going to spot up and hit some threes for you. Be a guy that just plays defense, like a Clay Thompson like. I, I think Michael Bridges is, I think he should go much higher personally. I think he, he should be he a could. Top five pick, but he if could. he falls here. I think it's a great player for Cleveland to, to build around for the future. If LeBron yeah. does leave and they keep this pick, I think that's a smart pick there. Uh, number nine, the New York Knicks. I think the most dysfunctional uh, organization, one of them in the NBA. They've been top pick for a long time. Can they can they figure it out here at uh, number nine? And this is where I think the Knicks would also love Trey Young to fall to them or Colin Sexton because I think they kind of need a point guard to, to pair up with Chris Stops. But looking at the way, if it falls the way that we're looking here, you're going Bridges and Jackson. I mean, I kind of don't see as much of a difference. I mean, to me, all, the two Bridges and Jackson all kind of seem the same to me. I may be completely off. Maybe there's different parts of their games where one excels versus the versus the latter. But I just think in any order, 8, 9, 10, the way that we have it structured here, Bridges, Bridges, Jackson, figure out whatever. I kind of think, yeah. I think it lands that way you like for more. me. Yeah. And Jaron Jackson, I think, could be the pick here. Ten points per game, five rebounds, three uh, three blocks per game. So fantastic for a guy who was a freshman, kind of yeah. a versatile defender to, yeah. to be able to uh, be a guy at the rim to deny some shots. Uh, shot the three pretty well, 39% from three. I think he's a good piece there. 
knowing that he's 6'11", a guy that can go inside too. I mean, Kristaps mm-hmm. is great, but he's gone for next year, at least most of next year. That's he right. Yeah, with that injury, like yeah. midway through. He's not yeah. coming back at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they need someone a, early on. To yeah, it's at least tough, give tough them, for the Knicks. Give them something. Um, and they're in the East, so there's still possibility they stay in this thing. Kristaps back. They could possibly make the playoffs if right. they can stay in in the they, race in the East. They just don't have that many pieces around really him. Don't. That's the problem. What do you got? Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a good player. Yeah, two guard. If it's anything special, no. I mean, not overall. No, not much. Hey, a lot of pieces. Not there. much going for the Knicks. I, I've been think. trying to lure in big name free agents for a long time too, and that's never really gone right yeah. for him. So we'll see. I think Jaron Jackson could be the pick there, and then our last one for the top ten at least is the Philadelphia 76ers. And if it works out this way, I think they are beyond thrilled. I think if if those three players we mentioned, the two Bridges and and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. are available at pick seven. And you're sitting there at ten as Philadelphia. I think we're gonna get one of these players. I think the worst, great. the worst case scenario for the Sixers would be that if a Trey Young or Colin Sexton is the best guy on the board, because you're not going that direction. You have Fultz and you have Simmons. You don't need another point guard by any means, unless you would take the point guard and then trade picks with somebody or the they just need after someone stuff. to basically just hit some threes and play some yeah. defense. Yeah, yeah, and I think Miles Bridges does that. Absolutely does that. Yeah, defensive versatility out the roof with Miles Bridges. They could go Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke. Oh, wow! Did I miss Wendell Carter Jr. Somebody, yeah. somebody get Carter Jr. in here. How did I miss Wendell? I don't know how you missed him. He's your Duke guy. Dang. I mean, he is a great player too. Wow! I completely, I completely space. I think he could be a pick here. I think Miles Bridges is a fantastic pick for them. Um, but one of those two could also be the picks here for sure. I'll let you talk about Wendell Carter since you just forgot. Him. Wow! How did I miss Wendell Carter? We went we ten picks. Trying to think him. of who Carter He's would around actually... seven to, to ten, eleven on most yeah. draft boards. Yeah, yeah. Carter not as tall as uh, Bagley. What's he? Carter's more six ten. Six ten. Yeah, so just a hair inch, shorter. An inch shorter. I think he he plays he's a little fifties bigger than. Yeah, yeah, he plays big. a little more back to the basket too, but he's also very versatile. Can stretch the floor all over. Dang, how? how where? Wow, I almost said it myself to forget about Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter's a great pick. Three point range. Yeah, fifty six from the field. This is a deep draft. Free throw line. It's a deep draft. You said it's a deep draft. That's exactly what we said. So and, I think- lo- and look at look look at that right there. Look, we just went down one through ten, and there's a solid guy right there who somebody's good. Somebody's going to get left, get left out of the top ten. Then you'll say that Wendell Carter Jr. gets picked at ten. I'll go with Miles Bridges. So we both get our guys in there. Somewhere. Yeah, I think Wendell Carter goes top ten. Now okay. looking back at it, wow, how did I miss that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But but then that means you're knocking out a Mo Bamba or a right, Trey Young right, or a somebody, Jackson. So, somebody, somebody somebody's going to fall. Which out is of that great top news 10. for the Charlotte Hornets who sit at eleven. Maybe they get Miles Bridges. That wouldn't be bad for them, nope, yeah. Or they get a Wendell Carter, yeah. The, the last one, just because it's the the team in this area, the Timberwolves at twenty sitting there quite a ways back, which is good because that means they actually had a good year. They made the playoffs, so right. sitting there at twenty right now. Do they keep that pick? Do they trade it away? What do they do with that one? Do you think there's any player you have in mind or any strategy you have in mind that the Wolves should do? Um, I don't think trade out of that or anything by any means along that line. I think twenty sitting at a pretty decent spot where you can get something still that has some value, but you're not too high to be going chasing after anything. What do you? What the Wolves probably need is probably that that guard that can hit threes. That has to be taken at some point in this draft, and it doesn't have to be now because if I'm going to go with Gary Trent Jr. around that that pick that's in the 40s, maybe the Wolves trade up, something along those lines. But I think at some point in this draft, you have to get a guard who can hit threes 
because you've lost that in Jamal Crawford, who just opted out this year. So you're going to need somebody in that second unit who can put up points and can be a versatile threat from the three-point arc, and I just don't think the Wolves have that. Or let's finally get somebody who can play some defense. Yep. Let's let, let's go let's go that route too. Maybe maybe let's go the, go that route because you probably need or you go with a stretch four who can who can get paired up with um Gorgie. That could be something because is I believe Bielitsa is his contract is he out this year too? Yeah, they contract wise. Him. I hope they don't. Please don't. So if, he's a restricted free agent. Yes, yes. So if he doesn't get resigned, there also goes away a three point shooter. So I really think the Wolves need somebody who can hit some threes right here coming out of this draft class. I'd say two names to look for that I hope fall here, and I hope they can draft one Dante. of them. Dante. Dante DiVincenzo yep. out of Villanova. Yep. We, we all know what he did in the national tournament, and he got better every year as well. Shot the three at 40% this past year. Uh, 46% from the field was a good uh, free throw shooter, over 70% there. Maybe some limitations on defense. Might not be the best in terms of just physicality-wise. doesn't have the longest wingspan, kind of that versatility people are looking for with the wingspan mm-hmm. and the, the toughness to be able to get those positions but he has the heart he has the grit the yeah he's very smart very cerebral player like we've seen with most of those villanova guys he's a little well, bit older which i think is good i don't think we want a guy who is maybe another young raw talent i don't think they need that yeah. i don't think they need that which is going to be the opposite of what i'm about to say for the other player i hope falls there a little bit uh exact opposite of what i literally just said but i think he's a great player too zaire smith a guy maybe a lot of people haven't heard of but a guard out of texas tech he is mm-hmm. he was just a freshman so he's coming out he's going to be 19 maybe 20 by the time he gets drafted, but he shot the three ball. I know he didn't shoot a ton of them. He was 18 of 40. That's 45% from the three-point range. In it's a also not that many, though, yeah. It's not a ton, uh, but he's a guy who's 6'4", 199, has a wingspan that's that of a 6'10 guy. Just defensively, he has all the tools. We saw it. He was the best defender on that team for Texas Which Tech this good. year. Which is good. They made a good versatile. run in the NCAA tournament. He can shoot threes. He can make his own shot. And and is, is I think he's a really solid player. Like I can come off that second unit and hit some threes and yeah. play some defense. D Rose was on a one year deal, right? D Rose, we don't know if he's coming yeah. back. There reports they're interested, but Okay, so we don't know if they'd be too loaded on guards no. from that standpoint. I mean I And Zaire I'd, can play the two or the three. I'd go guards in this in this draft. You need three point shooter. Yeah. Guards and defense is where I would go if I'm the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, and I don't see, I don't think there's any player really at this point that's a guy that well, he's such such a good big defender that you have right. to have him. So, right. Yeah, I think they they go with one of those two picks. I hope that one of those two guys fall and they can take uh, one of those two guys. About uh, 45 minutes into this podcast already, Jeremy. Wow. So we're really wow. cruising. Uh, but uh, we do have a couple other things we want to touch on here really quickly. LeBron's destination, obviously that's the other big talker nationally on mm-hmm. this one. We'll, t- we'll touch on it here just quickly. The odds uh, for LeBron landing somewhere they have right now, the LA Lakers are the favorite at 7-4. to four. You got Philadelphia's coming in next. Uh, Cleveland comes in at third. Then it's a bunch of you know, like Houston's, Boston's, even Golden State is thrown in there as well. Where do you think he goes? Um, well, let's go right down the line. Lakers, young, the one. young and immature. LeBron does want to play with young guys, but he would love to go to LA because it's nice, big city. He's into movies. He's His getting into acting and there, stuff. Dude. His kids enrolled at that one school. They have the most space to add another big time player, i.e., Paul George. So you would go, your starting five would probably look like Lonzo, Paul George, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Jarius Randall. What do you have? Brandon Ingram? That's, you have Brandon Ingram best, off the bench? At, at best, yeah, that's ex- third exactly. In the West. Exactly. That's that's not that's not top two. No. 
That's not in. That you can you can honestly argue that's fourth because if the Wolves keep Jimmy Butler healthy the whole time, maybe the Wolves are just as good. Or the San Antonio Spurs getting Kawhi Leonard back, yep. they could put LeBron at anywhere anywhere around five, which is tough. We I may mean, even make the finals then. Yeah. So, so that's that's, that's my thoughts one. on the Lakers. Philadelphia 76ers. That's the second one. A lot of good. They got young players young, too, but, but young better. players are proven. Young, yeah. Young, but better. I mean, and they got so many good. The thing that LeBron liked with Cleveland and the thing that, look at LeBron, look at who LeBron has added around him when he went to teams. Uh, when he was with the Heat, Ray Allen, three-point shooter. Mike Miller, three-point shooter. Shane Battier, when he was out there, three-point shooter. And defense guy. Defense. And then you go to the, he comes to Cleveland, Channing Frye could shoot the three. K. Love could shoot the three. Kyle Culver could shoot the three. J.R. Smith could shoot the three. What does the 76ers have right now? J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, three-point three shooter. Co- McConnell, Covington, Sarich. Those are all uh, role players who could shoot the three. Everyone besides their point guard. Pretty much, pretty much. So LeBron loves that he could drive and kick to guys. I think that's a very nice, very nice spot for LeBron, and it's very winnable in the East with the 76ers. I'll let you continue to give your thoughts, but I will mention this about Philadelphia. The one thing that makes me think it's just not the right fit is Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, especially Embiid at this point in their careers, with the low 20s, 21, 22, they're the Twitter, Instagram guys, the look at me, I'm so good, I want all this yeah. attention kind of guys. I think yeah. LeBron's just like, I, uh, annoyed he's going to feel like a babysitter with those guys. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to have to explain this to you for the 20th time this right. season. He wants that veteran presence where it's like, I just know this guy's going to go out and ball, and he's exactly. determined to do whatever it takes to get a championship. Exactly, and I think that's the problem with the Lakers too, is look what just happened with Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball. They're sitting there making diss tracks about each other. They're sitting there to social media and to worry about that and how they look to everybody else and building their brand. Thing. I'm not saying, no, hey, stay off of social media. No, and job. it's not, but that's not what LeBron wants to play with, and, and that's the exact point. That's the knock on the Lakers and Sixers is they're too young and immature, and they don't know what it takes. They don't have a guy who wants that ring so bad which is why I think he really pairs up with Paul George somewhere because Paul George wants a ring really bad, needs a ring really bad, needs to get to a conference finals and a finals really badly and would do whatever it takes to get to those places. You you do think Paul George is that kind of player? You don't think Paul George wants to and needs to get to a finals? I don't think he wants to or needs to as much as someone like a Chris Paul or a James Harden or players like that. Yeah. I, I yeah. still feel Paul well, George Paul is George's a little still bit about prime. the glitz and glamour of the NBA just a little bit. A little bit more than Chris Paul, I would agree. I feel like he'd rather go to the Lakers than go to a team like Philadelphia because I just want to live in L.A. I want to be That would be nice, yeah. I feel like Paul George would make that kind of decision still. Yeah. And if he goes to the Lakers, uh, he's got a chance. Uh, let's say they get top three. Your top three is not in this order necessarily. Warriors, Rockets, Lakers. Two of them get to knock each other out in the in the semifinals, and you would maybe just have to get past one. Then once you get past one, I mean, you're winning the championship because, come on, with the East. But Boston, that's the, about it. The best thing that can happen for the NBA, picture this. Go into your, go into your uh, future globe, the globe that Mike Zimmer always talked about. I don't have a, I don't have a magic eight ball or globe mm-hmm. to see what's coming up. LeBron plays for the Lakers, makes the NBA finals. Who is he playing against? Kyrie and Boston. Could you imagine? Great. For the NBA – Boston, L.A. again. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, little brother versus big brother. Imagine all that glitz and glamour and all that media attention. That's, that's the best. That's the best thing for the NBA to happen, goes, but it won't. If he goes happen. to L.A., it won't happen because they're not beating the Warriors. With exactly. That team. There's no exactly. way. That, I mean, LeBron's great. They're in the Paul same George division then, too. They're not going to beat Golden State with that team. No. The only, no, they're not. The only team I will say, if he goes there, if he goes to this team, they're instantly the favorite. Like 
it like in Vegas, they will be the favorite over the Warriors. Yep. is Houston. That's yep. the only team, and they're the third third on this list as well. Yep. Team with Paul George and James Harden, or sorry, not Paul George, Chris Paul yep. and James Harden, and that team is instantly, instantly the favorite favorite over Golden State because yeah. they still have Clint Capella as well. They could keep Trevor Ariza. You're going to have to get rid of P.J. Tucker, Ryan Anderson, probably Eric Gordon as well. What other role players could they get? I don't know. Figure that out later. Yeah. Worry about getting LeBron James first. If that yep. happens, they are the favorite, and yes. I think they are knocking off Golden State. Yes, sir. And then you know that they're a top-two team in that in that in in the West. And who do you have to worry about? The Warriors or? Nobody else. I mean, they, 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 they could the they could easily take Kawhi and the Spurs could easily I think yes. because I think Capella could handle Lamarcus and then you got LeBron on Kawhi and that's game over they yeah. can take the Wolves Jimmy Butler gets shut down by yeah. LeBron yeah. yeah then the thing that becomes kind of interesting is is your tier two free agent player where's Paul George go that'd be a discussion for another thing of that kind of makes an interesting play of effect but. LeBron's best chance of winning is to go to Houston because you have two guys who are established, knows what it takes to win a championship, and nothing GM, nothing else. A GM and Daryl Morey who's been a genius so far at making stuff happen. Yeah. Just making somehow finding cap space or finding some exception to use to right. get right. some other player to come here. And you get Mike D'Antoni, who is he's not a top tier coach, but he's a veteran coach who's good in the NBA. LeBron's never really had that. LeBron's yeah. never really played for a guy who's been an established well. coach. D'Antoni's going to let LeBron be LeBron. He's not going to try and micromanage. Right. Hey, you just go. We'll shoot, we'll shoot 53s a game. We'll do whatever yeah. you want. We'll give you the yeah. ball here, there. We'll let you do pick and rolls with Chris Paul, yeah. whatever. I mean, he's, I mean offensively, well, he's just free, as free-flowing as it comes offensively. I, I mean, the other one I could see, I, I just want you to touch on this one as well before we move on. San Antonio Spurs is another team he could go to eight to one right now. Yeah. I think having him with Greg Popovich, that combination that would, be dope. would be fantastic if they could also convince obviously Kawhi to stick around and some other things. I think that'd be a fun combo to see. They, they'd be good defensively. Kawhi and LeBron can both have a same style of play. I mean, one can play the three, one can play the four. Only issue with that is, man, do they need a point guard, I believe. Cause I mean, yeah, Tony, knows. Tony Parker, Tony Parker and Manu are got to be done soon. If not rather than later, I mean, yeah, but if you bring Deontay LeBron, Murray, you can convince you can Parker convince somebody. Year, and they love Dejounte Murray. I think yeah. he's a good, he's a very solid point guard too. Great second unit guy for sure. But you got Patty Mills and Danny Green. They can maybe keep one of those guys too, just to be really a, need to keep Danny Green. A in guy that fact. Can, yeah, you have to keep Danny Green to hit some threes for you. And yeah, he's a good defender as well. Yeah. Um, but if you if you get LeBron there, he's going to be able to handle the ball a little bit as well. And then you got Danny Green can handle it some. I think they'd find a way to work around it. The one thing that the Spurs would have going for them over Houston would be Kawhi's younger than Chris Paul and James Harden. Not saying James Harden's on his way out by any means from a talent and age-wise. He's more in his prime, but as is Kawhi, where Chris Paul is kind of, Chris Paul's two, three years left. Injured Max. LaMarcus Aldridge, how many years does he have left? That's also the, we'll kind see. of an issue. But I, I would love that. I would really like that place also, the Spurs, to fall for LeBron James. I just have to see LeBron, and how would LeBron and Popovich get along? Yeah. Because LeBron's the, always been the guy like, the coach is talking, just like, I'm Shut doing up. my thing. I got, just, yeah. yeah I got but he'd have to listen know. to somebody. The, and yeah. the nice thing is, Pop worked with the Olympics teams all those mm-hmm. times with Coach K. So they and got LeBron that. has respect. LeBron loves Pop. Pop. He loves Pop. Yeah, that's, Pop his, that's, his guy, that's his guy. I mean, and you think that if Pop brings in LeBron, LeBron wouldn't just be like, "Hey, Kawhi, like, let's let's end this, let's end whatever that was." Like, I'm here, stay here, like we got this kind of thing. Like, yeah, that'd absolutely be be the case, man. Would that be a heck of a really cool duo? 
Really that'd cool be fun to see too. If they got together, then Houston stayed. You got those three teams. Houston, yeah, that'd be a, that'd Spurs, be a nice little power right there. That'd be fun. I would suck as a Timberwolves fan because you're just like, man, now we don't really stand a chance to get into the top no. three anymore. We never did. But Minnesota sports. We kind of we kind of just bypassed one thing right there, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this really quick. Percent chance that he stays in Cleveland. Things would have to happen. Obviously, we kind of touched on it in the NBA draft part. I'd say like tw- well, 30, twenty-five, thirty. I believe. Maybe. I believe today, Wednesday, today. He's talking with Cleveland Cat, the Cleveland Cavaliers, oh, sure. to let him know what they're having a meeting to let him know what his free agent plans are, kind yeah. of deal. So, the twenty-five to thirty max. They've they just have no cap space. No yeah, their roster so stuck right their now. Their GM's that's a young is. GM that hasn't had a lot of experience in LeBron's this. LeBron's the GM. Well, yes, that's 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 <laughs> a fair point. I guess he is the GM, really. But they just they don't have the flexibility to be able to make moves. They they don't. They don't, and that's the problem. Either, but Houston's proven time and time again they've found a way to make moves and make something happen. George Hill's getting paid way too much. J.R. Smith is on too big of a deal. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Tristan Thompson, they're all on way too big of deals, and there's nobody who's going to take those deals on unless you pair it with that pick. With the pick, yeah. And why would you get rid of that pick when that's what you could try to finally get something new on your team? That's the the challenge, the back and forth they're going to be playing with. You get rid of this pick in hopes of. Freeing up space to get a Paul George to team up with LeBron to prove to LeBron you want him. Right. But what happens if you give up that pick to prove that to LeBron and then LeBron leaves? And now you're just like, we have cap space, no pick, right. no one for our future. Now we're. It's, star- it's, hit their, it's hitting the reset yeah. button. And if all this happens and let's say they don't even hit on that eighth pick, it's going to be two, three years until the Cavs can kind of get the reset going because all those guys, it's going to be, it's going to, all those, all those guys are under contract for another year or two. J.R. Smith, all of them, like you maybe even sell Kevin Love and just try to like free up whatever. But I mean, I, I just really don't know what the Cavs would, what direction they would try to go to if they do not get LeBron or even if they get LeBron. I don't know, I don't know that you can keep LeBron and keep him in the in that same roster that they just had well, they i really can't. don't it's not going to win a championship that's yeah for sure we saw that this year yeah definitely not going to win him a championship so those are kind of the odds the places he goes i think if i pick a spot i'm i'm just going to say it. I'm, he's going to houston i'm i think that makes the most sense i think he, that's the best i think, I think he definitely one, goes west the one i would love to see i know people are saying why would he go west stay in the east it's been so good to him but he's got to find some teammates out there that are, yeah. are worthy of beating this warriors team and james harden and chris paul with lebron instantly favored over the warriors all due respect to your nice run over the last couple of years. Yeah. That team is favored over the Golden State Warriors as it is assembled today. If New, you add LeBron to it. New Orleans Pelicans with Anthony Davis? No. Cousins? No. He doesn't want to play Boogie Cousins. You kidding me? No. Too much of a head case. Yeah. I'm, he's going, I, I hope he goes to Houston because I would love to see those two teams just clash. I know that means that the Western Conference Finals would be great and the NBA Finals would not be as great, but Boy, I mean, I, I still love th- to see that. Scene. I mean, I still think the Celtics coming out of the East could be pretty decent. Yeah. They're not going to beat them by any means, but especially since the Celtics would face a team that just went through most likely a seven-game grueling, yeah. physical as all be it series yeah. it might prove in the favor of the Celtics or the 76ers, who would be a good team for the future as well. I just want to see LeBron play Kyrie in a series in the playoffs, whether it be finals, conference finals, anything. I just want to see that kind of the guy who the little brother trying to get his versus. His, uh, his mentor. That would be great. One last thing here, about four minutes away from an hour here. So let's try to keep it under an hour. we got yeah. three minutes. The uh, OTAs for every team is basically wrapping up mandatory minicamp. I mean, wrapping up for football. all NFL teams yep. here this week uh, before five weeks off till anything football happens. Your way too early 2018-19 Super Bowl prediction is? Uh, New England Patriots out of the AFC with 
them probably knocking off the Steelers in the AFC Championship. I'll give you like a top four. How about that? And then in the really NFC, going off the cuff with the uh, Patriots Steelers pick, I like it. Jaguars are right there though. I think the yeah. ja- I think the Jags are right there. Your dark horse to get into the AFC Championship game is the Houston Texans. I love because that one. of Deshaun Watson. I think he's a uh, he's a giant dark horse. Or the Chargers. A lot of people are high on the Chargers out of the AFC, which is kind of shocking. But I'll still go. I'll still go Pat Steelers with a lot of other teams knocking on the door to play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in the NFC. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be the Eagles, and I say that because so the NFC repeat. doesn't repeat. The Falcons were great; they didn't repeat. The the Panthers were great; they didn't repeat. Maybe like a comes on the Carson's health, really. Carson Wentz has yeah. to be healthy for them. Yeah, Nick maybe Foles isn't going on a run next year. Maybe like a Rams. I'm going to be the homer and say Rams Vikings, and the Vikings can <laughs> probably get knocked out again. But uh, I I want to be I want to be high on the Vikings. I, I want to be that guy who's high on the Vikings for once. I think the Rams won the offseason, and no team that wins the offseason in football seems to ever make it to the Super Bowl. They won the offseason big time. That team is absolutely stacked. But we'll see yeah. how they do in year number two under uh, the, the new head coach McVay and how Goff does again. I'll go with the. Patriots in the AFC, okay, like it's not sexy, but that's that's the pick. Why no one's Why go against off, the grain, you know? yeah. Um, and people who think they're not going to make the playoffs, uh, they're in the same division as the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. So give me the team that's knocking them off before right. you say they're not making the playoffs. Right. I don't care how old Tom Brady is. So I'll go with the Patriots out of the AFC uh, once again with my dark horse and that one actually being the Indianapolis Colts because I saw Andrew Luck is throwing. You see who else is on that team? Yeah. Exactly. Dark, dark <laughs> But that's horse. why it's a dark horse. Real dark horse on that one. Um, or also the Broncos. The K- Case Keenum there, I think they got I a like pretty Case. good team, and they got a good defense there as well. Case In the fan. NFC, let's go Vikes. Let's, let's just go. Let's go for skull. the Vikes. Let's get skull. back to a Super Bowl. If I'm not going with the Vikings, if you force me to pick somebody other than the Vikings, uh, man, I'm, I'm real tempted to actually give the Cowboys a little bit of credit for once. I think you got Zeke there for a full year. They've signed up that offensive line again, shirt up the, the defense a little bit. That's one area I'm looking, but also, I mean, the Eagles are really good. So it's they one are. Of, I think it's one of those three. Um, but I'm going the Vikes. Like I'm I'm just going to spend the next couple of months just talking about the Vikes until oh, the like season it. starts and we see how it folds out. And who knows, Kirk Cousins gets hurt the first week and then we're yeah. downhill from there somehow. But Oh, if Kirk I mean, Cousins gets hurt and we have to go Trevor Simeon, the Vikes are 3-13. and 13. Yes. 3-13. <laughs> and 13. But uh, I've always always been a Vikings fan, But and being from Minnesota, you always know that you let that you get let down. This is it. Vikings all I'm on, I'm on the Vikes right now. You got Kirk Cousins. You got no, the quarterback. No more being negative. For. No more you being got negative. Adam Thielen. You got Stefan Diggs. Dalvin Cook is back after the that defense. ACL. No he more. So no more being negative with the Vikings. The defense. You got and the letdown. Rhodes and Trey Wayne's out there. You got uh, the guy Harrison who, Smith. Mike Hughes in that slot. Sheldon position Richardson. Now. Harrison Smith back Everson there. Everson Griffin. Dejo. Sheldon Richardson next to Linval Joseph along with Everson Griffin. There's not. Daniel Hunter is a Pro Bowler this year. There's not calling it. Daniel Hunter is going to be a Pro Bowler this year. How many wins do the Vikings get? Let's go twelve. Okay. 11 to 12 range just because the Packers are back. Yeah. I do think the Vikings have a tough schedule, I believe, right? You got to play the Packers and the Patriots. The NFL, yeah. Or uh, Eagles and Patriots, I think Eagles, they got to play. Patriots, Saints, Rams. It's yeah, they got a tough, schedule. tough schedule. Packers so. twice, obviously. Somewhere in that 10 to 12 range then. Probably not higher than 12, but. I'll go 12 wins. I think 12 they, I think they the stole year. a lot of games last year that they probably shouldn't have won or against a good team, so. 10 to 12. But all the upgrades, I'm going with I'm going with at least 12 wins for the Vikings this next year, too. So it be, should be a fun year to see what happens as they get uh, back with training camp at the end of July. So about, yep. about six weeks away at this point uh, from the Vikings coming. I'm sure we'll talk about them as the podcast continues. But that will do it uh, for another episode. It's been another fun 
uh, sports podcast for you. We figured <laughs> out uh, Carmen will be the name yep. for Jeremy's car. So if you see the red Chevy Cruze, it's probably Carmen out there. It's not a very popular car, if any means. I'm sure you've not seen any of them around at I all. I have actually seen quite a yeah, few. exactly. <laughs> quite a few. It's amazing how that happens after you buy a car. You see that same car everywhere. Pretty much same color, everything. Mm-hmm. Miles, like, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, we figured out I have one jar of applesauce left, Ch- Chunky Applesauce, the Muscleman's brand. Shout out to you. Uh, LeBron's going to Houston. We figured out what the NFL or the NBA draft's going to be. So it's all, all I, solved. I forgot about Wendell Carter. <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. going 10 to uh, who was it? To the Sixers. 10, the 76ers, yep. And uh, we got Dante DiVincenzo going to the Minnesota Timberwolves at like uh, pick number 20. So that will do it. Thanks for listening. Another uh, sports podcast. You can find this one again. Stitcher, it's on there. Brecker, it's on there. iTunes, it's coming. It will be there soon, so make sure you tune in next time uh, about two weeks from now. We'll have another one for you.